Oh, man. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who's listening online as well. Um, We're actually going to be starting a new series today entitled, You're Invited. Can you look to your neighbor and say, you're invited? Now look to your other neighbor and say, you're invited. You're you're invited. Um, You're invited. Yeah, so we're starting this new series entitled, You're Invited. Um, how, how many of you guys think that sharing your faith can be difficult? Oh, man. It can be hard. Um, I think sharing faith can be difficult, first of all, because um, a lot of times we deal with fear. A lot of times we deal with a lack of training. Sometimes it's difficult just because maybe we have a lack of concern. Um, and so what we're going to try to do over the next few weeks is we're going to try to provide some tools for you to have in your tool belt to share your faith. And so what we're going to do actually starting next week is, so, so, so first of all, we, we were, I was talking with the staff a few months ago, and we are like, hey, you know, we feel like uh, sharing your faith is an important tool. And so we, we thought, you know what we're, what we're going to do? We talked about this. We're like, we're going we're gonna to go out and we're going to have like a training session, and we're going to go out and we're going to hit the streets, and we're going to have like an event where people can share their faith. We can go out and do all and, and then And then as we began to pray about it, as we began to think about it, we thought, you know what? Um, I think that evangelism or sharing your faith is more than an event, right? Like really it's a lifestyle, and so instead of doing that, like we still do, do, do that sort of stuff throughout the year, but instead of doing that, we're just going to give you some tools to put in your tool, tool belt. And really today is just kind of a launching pad, and we're going to uh, try to tackle some tough questions. And so the first question that we're going to tackle next week is the question, what makes Christianity different? And so we're going to talk through some practical things, but also we're going to talk through some scripture um, but really, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing that. And, but today, I'm just kind of like laying the foundation um, for the whole thing. And so maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, I don't know if I am quite on board with you sharing my faith and inviting people to church. And that sounds kind of pushy and nutty. And I'm more of a go-with-the-flow type of person. I prefer to have no-waves type of guy. And so we're going to, or gal, so we're going to, again, we're going to, I'm going to try to lay a foundation for you this morning so that hopefully it motivates you a little bit, pushes you a little bit. And if you want to, we actually have these new cards that are at the, at the, at the Welcome Center, which are entitled, You're Invited. And so what you can do when you leave, if you want to grab a couple of these, you can use these when you're sharing your faith with your friend. Be like, hey. Uh, my church is pretty cool, and my pastor is pretty awesome. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, it's just a great opportunity. So, so when you leave, make sure to grab a couple of them. But I'm, again, I'm, really this morning, I'm just going to try to motivate you a little bit to think about what our call is as Christians and to, um, to make you think about um, our charge as Christians and what that really means for us as Christians. You know, I was reading this uh, quote from, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Penn and Teller, the magician group. And uh, it's interesting, Penn at one time was a devout atheist, and he has since come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which is really cool. He actually got saved a couple years ago, which is awesome. But this is one of the things that he said, and I just want to get you guys to start thinking. He said, I've always said 
that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I, I, don't, I don't respect that at all. If, if you believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, and atheists who think people shouldn't proselytize and who say just leave me, al- leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate someone uh, to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them? I mean, if I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was, going, was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And so just think about that for a moment. So we're, gonna, we're actually going to be uh, reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 uh, through 5. It says this, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up on themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things." Endure afflictions, do the work of the evangelists, fulfill the ministry. I'm going to read that one more time. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because uh, they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of of the evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Lord, just speak to us this morning. Speak through me this morning, Father. I I pray that you will uh, just motivate us and propel us through your word, God. I pray that we will leave a little bit different than the way that we came. And I pray for those of us this morning who perhaps have been um, sitting on their faith, um, who know... um, who know what we have, who know that they have, but um, have not been sharing it with other people, Father. And I I just pray that, man, again, you will um, move our hearts and move our eyes to see the things that you see, Father. I pray that um, we will just see that the harvest is plentiful and that the workers are few and that you're looking for people who will just go out into the harvest field and begin to harvest, Father. I pray that you will, um, again, just speak to us this morning. In your holy word, amen. So, 2 Timothy, just, I'm going to give you a little bit of context here. 2 Timothy was written about 2,000 years ago. Uh, these are 
the last words of the Apostle Paul, the last words that he actually penned. And um, if you don't know who the Apostle Paul was, he was someone who uh, was persecuting the church and then got radically transformed on the road to Damascus. And uh, he went from persecuting the church to planting churches, and he wrote much of the New Testament. And, um, man, we have a bunch of his letters, and we can kind of take a peek into uh, a lot of the things that he said. But he was just a phenomenal um, apostle for the Lord. And uh, so this is kind of towards the end of his life, and it kind of gives a, a window into his heart and... Um, it's, it's really his, his final letter, his most personal letter. Um, he is in his final days that he is alive. He is um, in court. He's in trial. Things aren't going well. He's pretty sure that he isn't going to make it. And um, he'd been thrown in prison in Rome. He was in literally a dark hole where they would drop food down. And um, he is writing his last words, it's almost like his last will and testament to his protege, Timothy. You know, we just got done talking about Titus, but, but, but here he's writing to Timothy. And uh, so he's, he's speaking, and these are his last words. And so I feel like last words are always important. I don't know if you've, you know, I uh, think about the last words of people that I have talked to, and it's like, um, remember there was a dear lady at the church, and one of the last things that she said that I remember was that the Lord was her rock which was really powerful. Um, I think it was it Nathan Hale who said, I regret that I have but one life to give for my countrymen. Um, you think about people's last words, and man, uh, and here um, Paul is kind of penning his last words, and it's, it's, it's really intimate. In fact, if, if you keep on reading um, the, 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 the end, he's even saying some personal stuff about the people that uh, had followed him, and he was talking about certain people and certain people. I mean, he's just very blunt and very open. One of, his, uh, one of the people that used to follow him is like, yeah, I, I wish this guy, essentially he says, I wish this guy would just, would, would, would just be delivered over to the devil. Like, like you read Second Timothy, and it's, it's very open, and it's very blunt. And so, so here he's talking and it's, it's very personal. These are his final words. His final letter gives us a glimpse into his heart. This great man of God who had been transformed by the power of the Spirit. Who, even you think about it, like he, he felt like he was getting called to Jerusalem. And he knew that he, in Jerusalem he was going to face persecution. And yet he knew that the Spirit was leading him there. You know, it's, it's like that's, that's some type of obedience, right? Like, like if you knew that you were going to face persecution in Jerusalem... Would you continue to go there? But, he, but like, he knew that that was where the Lord was calling him. And so you just see his obedience and his transparency in this letter. And it's, it's really quite amazing. But, 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 but again, if we, if we go back, we're just going to look at it a little bit closer. He says at the very beginning, he says, I charge you, therefore. Now, it's interesting because the word charge here is the same word that would be used in calling someone into court. So he, he's talking to, to Timothy, and he's like, hey, I, I, I'm going to bring you into court. And, when, and, it's, it, and he's kind of going through his own things in court right now, but he's like, I'm going to bring you to court, and when I bring you into court, there are going to be two witnesses there. The witness is going to be God, and the witness is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In fact, if you go back into Deuteronomy, you can see that in court, two witnesses were required for it to be legal. So he's like, Timothy, I'm going to charge you. And I'm going to charge you in court. And guess who's going to be there? The Lord and Jesus Christ. So in other words, Timothy, Timothy, this is, this is really serious. I'm, I'm, again, I'm charging you before, before the Lord, and I'm going to charge you before the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Lord is, he's not just the judge of Jerusalem, but he is the, the, the judge in charge of all of the living and all of the dead. So this is a really important charge. Again, this is, this is super serious. I'm going to charge you before God, and I'm going to charge you before the Lord Jesus Christ. And, 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 and it's interesting because, because when you read it, like, like why, would he, why would he make it sound so serious? Like, why would he pull Timothy into court verbally and say, listen, I'm going to charge you before the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to place on your shoulders the Godhead and the coming kingdom? You know, you think about when, um, like, if, 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 you're, if you're talking to someone and you're saying you want, like, it's going to be this serious um, I don't know, like, you, you kind of wonder, like, what is he going to charge him to do? Is he going to charge him to run an effective small group ministry? No. Is he going to charge him to run a successful building campaign, although we're running one right now? No. Is he going to charge uh, Timothy to grow the church to 2,000 people? No. Is he going to charge Timothy to write a successful book and to sell a million copies? No. Is he going to charge Timothy to... Um, uh, I don't know, he, like, like, you look at all the things that he does, and he says, listen, I'm going to charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. A huge charge. And then this, this is what he says. He says, preach the word. Does, he doesn't say anything about size or success or celebrity. But he says, Timothy, I want you to preach the word. He's saying, he's, I want you to preach the word. I would, I would argue that preaching the word is probably one of the greatest needs in the church today. Preaching the word. And I would argue that the battle for the Bible is maybe one of the greatest needs in the church today. You know, I, I know at one time, theologically, there was a great debate over the inspiration of Scripture. But now it seems like there is a great debate over the sufficiency of Scripture. And I think many people prefer the pulpit to be a place of entertainment rather than preaching. And sadly, I think we can see that many times people are doing everything but preaching the word. And I would argue that the power of preaching is in the content. It's not our preaching that makes the gospel work. It's the gospel that makes our preaching work. Have you thought about that? When, when, when you look at the word preach, it comes from the Greek word caruso. Can you look to your neighbor and say caruso? 
Now say it like you mean it. Say Caruso. Does anyone have any guess what the word Caruso means? Raise your hand. (laughs) What did you say? With enthusiasm? Yeah. No. So it's interesting. When you look at the word Caruso, the word Caruso actually means to herald. Okay? Now, if you're unfamiliar with the word herald, herald, this was a, this was a herald was someone, uh, you know, it was before YouTube and before influencers. It was before electricity and PA systems and microphones. Like, what they would do is they would find someone in ancient times who had a good voice or who had a strong voice or a loud voice. And the herald was someone who, whose business was to denounce or to proclaim war. Uh, a herald was someone who, uh, w- whose business was uh, to challenge, to battle, or to proclaim peace, or to bear messages for the commander of an army. A herald would, give, often, would often give a message from a king and was responsible to proclaim it to the people. Uh, heralds would often be sent ahead of the king to tell people that the king was coming so that the people could be prepared. Uh, when uh, a herald would have the king's message, he couldn't change the message. Like, he'd have to go, like, like, if the king had a specific message, let's say the king had a message that he was, you know, this is my specific message, the, the herald couldn't change the message. And, and In fact, if the herald were to change the message, uh, it would be, it'd be bad. Like, the herald could be killed. The herald, like, so, so the herald was someone who proclaimed the message of the king. And um, so, so, so it's interesting that, that we are called to be heralds for the king. Did you know that you're, you're called to be a herald for the king? Amy, did you know that, that you're called to be a herald for the king? Said Divine, did you know that you're called to be a herald for the king? Man, that's crazy, isn't it? Mike, did you know that you're called to be a herald for the king? We're, we're called to proclaim the good news of the king, Right? So, so, so I think sometimes we think, oh, our testimony, like, like a testimony is powerful, right? Like a testimony, like this is who we were and this will get this, like God got a hold of us and he changed us and now this is who I am now. Like, like, yeah, like a testimony is powerful. But did you know that I think there's more to it than, there's more to sharing your faith than just your testimony? Did you know that we are called to be heralds for the king? That God has called us to be heralds for the king. So here, here, here Paul is. It's at, the, it's, 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 it's at the end of his life. He, he's, 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 he's thinking about his life and he's thinking about all the, you know, all the things that were... He's talking to Timothy. He's writing his final words. He's talking to his protege. He could have said a lot of different things to him. He could have said, you know what, Timothy? I charge you to... Start a new building campaign. You know, Timothy, uh, what I want you to do is I want you to save up a bunch of money, and I want you to, you know, Timothy, I want you to take care of my family. Timothy, but he says, Timothy, I want you to be a herald for the king. I want you to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. I want you to go ahead into the cities in front of you 
And I want you to let them know that the king is coming. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be ready in season and out of season. I came out reading that. I want you to be ready in season and out of season. I want you to be, um, actually, I might have jumped forward a little bit. Again, if you look at, again, thinking of being a herald of the king, proclaiming the message of the kingdom. Look at what even Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. When he was speaking of his, his, his purpose, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach Again, that word, Caruso, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the, accept, the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Even in First, in first Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, but, but Peter says this, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy generation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God has called us to be heralds for the king. But he also says, preach the word, be ready. That word ready comes from the Greek word to stand. The idea is that we're standing by, that we're on duty, that we're ready to go. This word carries a connotation of urgency in the original language. Um, a good example might be a soldier, a soldier standing at attention, attentiveness, ready to assist at any moment, being ready, standing, being ready in season and out of season, constantly prepared to do whatever God is calling him to do Timely or untimely, convenient or inconvenient, good time or a bad time. You know, it's it's funny. Like at work, um, man, I I work at a bank, and there, it seems like there are good times to help customers, and there are bad times to help customers. And anyone with me, you know, see, so it's like I got everything going on during the day, and sometimes people come in, and they're just. Time suckers. Have you ever been there before where you're, it's like you're trying to get something done and someone comes up to you and they're asking questions and it's just, oh my goodness, you know, it's, 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 we have people who come in and they just, Joe knows exactly what I'm talking about. People that come in and they just, they're just sucking up your time and it's like, I got, I got things to do. You know, I have, I have a vault to balance. I have an RBU machine to fix. I have, you know, these crazy cost, these crazy employees who just can't seem to behave themselves. Anyone else? I mean, it's, it's like, you got it, at least with me, my day is very busy. I have things going on. And sometimes I have people who come in and they just want to shoot the breeze. And I'm just like, get out of my office. I, I'm, am, I, am I a bad Christian? Okay. So you guys know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes it seems like there's, there's a good time to talk about things and there's a bad time to talk about things. Like sometimes it's like if I, if I got time, it's, if it's towards maybe towards the beginning of the morning. I, like I was, it's in the morning, I'm typically more free. In the afternoon, I'm busy. But it's like there's a good time and there's a bad time. But it's interesting because Paul talks to Timothy and he says, you need to be ready in season and out of season. You need to be ready in season and out of season. You need to be ready at any time to convince, to rebuke, to exhort with all long suffering and teaching. You know, like Timothy, we are commanded 
to always be ready for God's work. You know, it's not, it's not easy to clock in and clock out of our faith. I think a lot of people think that um, we can represent God at church, but not throughout the week. Um, but this was not an option for Timothy, and I don't think it's an option for us. Again, if we're, if we're a Christian, we're, we're a chosen people, we're a royal priesthood, we're a holy nation, we're God's special possessions. Whether we are changing attire or speaking to a crowd, whether we are painting a bedroom, working at work, teaching students, whatever it might be, we should be ready in season and out of season to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The question I think that we have to ask ourselves is this. Are we willing to take the charge? Are we willing to take the charge? Are we willing to be heralds for the kingdom? Are we willing to step up and speak? Are we willing to take the charge? And I would say that I would dare you this morning to ask God for opportunities this week to become a herald for the kingdom. I would, I, I would dare you this, this morning to ask God for opportunities this week to share your faith. Remember when I was younger, um, I kind of felt like I was in a a Christian bubble. I was, um, I was homeschooled. So, I mean, I had five sisters to minister to, and all of them were hellions, by the way. Um, you can take that off the recording, Liz. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I was homeschooled, and then my social interactions involved church. So I was at church all the time. And so I, I struggled with, I remember, I remember thinking through you know, the call, the Great Commission, and all this stuff. And I struggled with, I'm like, I just don't have anyone to minister to, you know? Again, I can minister to my sisters. I can minister to people at church. But I, I'm like, I just don't have anyone to minister to. And I remember kind of struggling with it. And I, actually, I remember sitting down as a, young, as a young high school kid and asking God for opportunities to share my faith. And it amazed me how quickly God answered my prayers. And it amazed me at how closed my eyes were. It amazed me um, how many opportunities were around me all the time. Um, It amazed me how many people um, that I knew, um, as I began to talk to them, I began to realize that, Although they looked good on the outside, on the inside, there was a battle that was raging, you know? Um, the people that I thought had everything together, they did not have everything together. And I, I, the people that I thought were, um, you know, <laughs> saints of the kingdom. And it was, it was crazy how God took my prayer uh, to be used as an instrument, and he used it to be a witness 
to the people that God had put around me. You know, it's interesting because every single one of you has a unique fingerprint on the people that you know, on the people that you interact with. And God has put you exactly where you're at for such a time as this, to be a herald to the kingdom. I'm going to call the worship team back up again. So my question once again is, are you willing to take this charge? Are you willing to step up and speak up? Are you willing to look for opportunities to be courageous, to preach the word? Are you willing to step out in faith this week? Are you willing to convince, rebuke, exhort, and with all long sufferings and teachings, are you willing to um, be ready in season and out of season? I, I know that God will be faithful to your prayers. God, this morning, I just thank you for your word, which is powerful and effective. God, I thank you for your word, which um, is like a mighty hammer that bashes the rocks to pieces. God, I thank you for your word, which is like a sword that uh, uh, cuts even to dividing, even to dividing uh, uh, joints and marrow. Uh, God, I thank you for your word, which is so effective, Father. And God, I, I know that we have a harvest that is plentiful and workers that are few. I know that you are looking for people who are willing to proclaim the good news of the message of the kingdom. You're looking for people who are willing to be heralds this morning. You're looking for people that are willing to be obedient this morning, Father. And I just pray that you will um, answer our prayers this morning, Father. I'm just asking right now that you open up doors supernaturally this week where we can share our faith and proclaim truth, God. I'm asking that you will just supernaturally, uh, with the unique people that we all know this, uh, this week, just uh, find opportunities to, again, proclaim your, your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love, Father. I pray that our eyes will be open to the needs that are around us. I pray that our hearts will be opened to the things that are happening around us this morning, Father. And I pray that you will do the work that only you can do and that you will draw, continue to draw all men unto yourself, Father. God, we, uh, we just say this morning that we are here and that we will be completely obedient to whatever you have called us to. Whatever doors that you've opened for us this week, Father, uh, I'm just saying uh, collectively that we will walk through them, God. Whatever um, uh, just supernatural appointments that you have, Father. I just pray that we will meet them and that you will do a powerful work, Father, that you will move in us in your holy name.